Welcome to Obsessed with Balance, the Aussie podcast for beginner triathletes trying to incorporate their love for swimming, biking and running into an already busy lifestyle. I'm Mike and this week Dan and I give an intro onto what this podcast series is all about. I head to Canberra to watch a 24-hour mountain bike race and compete in an Olympic distance triathlon and Dan talks about his little bike crash and some information about cramps. So let's start the show. Morning everybody. This is Obsessed with Balance podcast. I'm on Mike. And I'm Dan. Good morning. And this is a podcast by two beginner triathletes from Sydney, Australia. Uh, basically designed for people who are in the first few seasons of triathlon who lead busy lifestyles. Now, why are we calling it Obsessed with Balance, Dan? Good question, Mike. Well, this is a phrase we picked up uh, a little while ago and we've just loved using it when we think about how... Uh, to balance all these uh, different elements of our life. Triathlon can uh, adds, adds another, a huge element, a fulfilling element to our lives, but we've got all kinds of other things going on. And um, Although obsessed with balance sounds like a paradox, we've found that that's exactly what you need to be to, uh, to balance that with all the needs of your family, your spouse, your pet, your other hobbies, whatever it happens to be. So um, we uh, exactly we right. It that. takes that single-mindedness of obsession and that passion but also spreads it out that to really to to live this kind of lifestyle you have to be you have to not only have that obsession and that, that passion but to be able to really have equilibrium as well um, to have the time to do all the things you really want to do and I think triathlon itself if you take everything else away is a sport which is obsessed with balance because you have to train at all three disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you, you have get to be even about it. And I was, I heard on, a, on another podcast, Mike, that uh, in fact, you know, the winning, um, winning triathletes are balanced in their uh, in their results in those three disciplines. If you're great in the run, but you're not good on the others, you're just not going to perform well. So it just ties in with all those all those elements. And so they hope it's it. useful for you guys. <laughs> obsessed with balance. That's what we are. Now. There's a, a couple of reasons that we're actually doing this podcast. There's a number of excellent triathlon-related podcasts out there. Uh, Dan put me onto a couple, and we've been listening to a few lately, which have been really inspirational. But we think this one's going to be a bit different because... Um, well, but, two reasons, I guess, we were talking about, weren't we? That's exactly right. And uh, I think the first one is that we've, we've heard a lot of great podcasts, particularly from the US, but we really wanted this one to have an Australian, um, uh, an Australian feel, um, talking about local events. Uh, and uh, as we said, it's, we're frantically always trying to convert fluid ounces into kilometres or whatever they convert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one way to do it. I don't think that conversion is exactly right there, but... Um, but, yeah, you, you know, you're listening here in your head, oh, I rode 15 miles today, you're working out, oh, time's 1.6... You know, it's all going to be metric, it's going to be about the seasons are going to be right, we don't hear about races going on in the States when it's freezing cold, when I'm in 35 degree heat in Sydney, Australia, and we can talk about local races that are going on around here that people can get involved in. Um, interviewing local people, we're going to have a call in line so people can uh, offer voicemails, and just have a bit of local content. The yeah. second reason that we uh, wanted to start our own podcast is a lot of the podcasts out there are fantastic, but they're often done by people who are experts, which is great. People who are six-time world Ironman champions and whatnot. But the problem is with triathlon, as with everything else in life, once you are so far away from removed from your beginnings, it's often very difficult to relate to the people who are just starting out. And, and look, even a couple of seasons in, a lot of things that were completely mystifying to me when I started now seem very obvious. So I think it's good to have a podcast from someone from two athletes who really have just started out this gig as adults 
just over a year ago, basically. Um, we're just get coming into our second season of triathlon now, so that we can relate to people who are starting off, who are like, what are aero bars? I didn't even know what drafting meant a year and a half ago. All these kinds of things. That we're a little bit closer to that, so we can address issues and topics that people feel a bit more comfortable coming into triathlon for the first time. You maybe feel silly asking people. I certainly felt silly asking yeah. a lot of things. And I, I think we um, we both had that experience where we joined a club, but you, you just don't know. Uh, you just don't feel good about asking people. So we hope this will be a great resource. Um, and actually, to sum up both of those uh, those two goals of this this podcast we're sitting here you'll hear some birds tweeting in the background we're just sitting here after a very hard brick session in centennial park in sydney it's a beautiful sunny day a few clouds in the sky but it's absolutely stunning and just 18 months ago i basically didn't have the nerve to come to this session and uh uh and so as a beginner i was really finding it hard but we hope this podcast will be useful to you to encourage you to take part at whatever level you want to do that at we're signing off. We're going to go. Uh, I think the next um, the next article we're going to hear is going to be uh, Mike's little adventure. He's going to go down to the. In a couple uh, of hours, I'm going to drive down to Canberra for the um, Sri Chimnoy. I hope I said that right. Mm, I think you did. Um, <laughs> I don't think I did, but I'll find out soon. Um, Olympic distance triathlon in Canberra tomorrow morning. So I'm going to drive down the Savo and hang out with a couple of mates, and then I'm going to try to lay down some audio in the car on the way down. So we'll see how that works. And we're really looking forking forward to seeing how you go. Mike, by the way, is super fast. So uh, look at some good results there. See you all soon. Happy listening. G'day there. Welcome back to Obsessed with Balance. Coming to you now from the old grey Toyota Lexan. Zooming down the Hume Highway from Sydney to Canberra. Um, beautiful car. It's only broken down twice in the last two or three weeks. One time stranding my poor wife at university from 8 o'clock at night till about 1 o'clock in the morning. Had to get towed both times. We've got the problems sorted out now, but finally I'm a member of NRMA, so it shouldn't be too much of an issue if it happens again. But fingers crossed, we'll be all set. Now, okay, I'm just about an hour into a, probably a three and a half hour drive, so I thought I'd lay down some audio. Let's see if the song is my iPod, so you get to listen to the sonorous sounds of my voice for a while. Obsessed with balance. I freaking love this idea. This is something that um, Dan said to me on a training ride about two or three months ago. I don't even know where he heard it from. Some, um, I don't even know. Someone said it to him. He said, Mike, I heard this thing the other day about being obsessed with balance. And it really struck a chord with me. I love the idea because I guess, I was thinking about it the other day, and I guess growing up, I never really had that passion or real drive for one particular thing, you know, the kids out there that cricket was your thing, or, you know, you played a musical instrument, you're an artist, you watch TV, I don't know, whatever, whatever it was, but um, a lot of people had um, something that was their thing, their one real passion and driver, and I sort of miss, I guess thinking back on it, I kind of miss not having something like that like I was missing out in some way, because I like lots of different stuff, you know, there's nothing really that much, so you kind of flitted around from one activity to the other, but never really had that real passion for anything, and I guess even coming into adulthood, some people are very much into their careers, I've never really found anything so far that I've loved that much, that's um, obsessed me, so I'm starting to get to a lot of different things, and moment, I'm in a stage of my life where I have a lot of different things that I love, none of them to the exclusivity of anything else, but this one, when Dan told me this thing about being obsessed with balance, well, that is fantastic, because 
going down tomorrow. I'm going down now. I'm racing this thing tomorrow. Why am I doing it? Hang on a minute. Let me get around this truck. It's going at a speed almost exactly the same as mine, but marginally slower. There goes my overspeed. Beeping thing. Okay, so the first reason I'm doing this triathlon is it's the first one of the season for me. The first race of the season. Um, I guess the season's just cranking up here in Australia. Next weekend is the Noosa Triathlon, which I would have loved to have done. I've never done that before. No, um, Dan did it last year and had a great time. And it's, I don't know, I've heard it's the premier race, premier Olympic distance race in Australia. And certainly in terms of numbers, it gets a lot, a lot of people. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I would love to go there and uh, do it one year, but didn't really have the money this year. Decided let's do something close to home. So, not doing that. And I think Port Macquarie Half Ironman's in the next weekend or the weekend after. A lot of people doing that. I was considering it. I'll tell you later why we decided not to do it. But, season's starting up, and I thought, let's get the first race in. My goal this season is I've done one Olympic distance triathlon before, and that is the longest distance of triathlon I've ever done. March this year to do Cronella, I guess the inaugural Cronella Triathlon in Sydney, and that was great. Had its own issues, I struggled with the surf going out, and then about 10 minutes into the swim, had a blue bottle wrapped around my neck, which if you've ever been stuck by a blue bottle, it had a little touch, it's extraordinarily painful. Um, and welts around my neck and both shoulders all the rest of the week, I've had some horrific but, and then on the run, it's right next to the Colonel Sand Dunes, and it was extremely windy the day before. So we had all these we had whole drifts of sand right across the run course. So you're trying not to break an ankle, trying to pass people going up and down and changing your style and your speed. Um, but in the end, it was great. It was really quite cool. But that was the biggest race I'd done, and it was my one of my New Year's resolutions. It was a goal for me. I put a lot of training in. It was at the end of the season, and that was my first season of triathlon, and I was training with this club, and um, putting a lot of hours in, and building up for this thing, and there was a lot of pressure on myself, even to get there. I mean, I was paranoid about getting sick beforehand. Dude, changing lanes right in front of me, nice. Um... Pressing elevator buttons with my elbow, and if someone's coughing in a room, I'm backing out of there. I didn't quite wear the SARS mask on the train, but I did stop taking the train for a while. It's just a little germ box, those things. And if I did, I wouldn't touch any surfaces. Anyway, cut long story short. It's a big deal. You don't want to get sick beforehand. You spend whole season training for it, and then what do you do? Well, that's a waste of season. Um, if that was your one and only event, or your main event, if you get injured, don't have a good race. There's a lot of sources of potential disappointment. So, you know, that has its place, and it's obviously great to really focus your efforts on one major event. And I know there could be people out there that are maybe thinking, major event, it's an Olympic distance triathlon. You know, I speak to people that have done hundreds of half Ironmans, Ironmans, ultra marathons. Look, it doesn't matter. If it's the first time you've done a distance, it is a major event to you. First time I did the Balmor- uh, the BRW St. George Corporate Triathlon, which is what, 300 metre swim, 8k bike ride and a 4k run. So half an hour or so, like now, I wouldn't even bother getting into doing a training session that short. But 
at the time, I was stressed out about that. I was training every day and I was nervous and sleep the night before. And for a lot of, I didn't get this here, and for a lot of people who were doing it, it's the same people who were, people quite crying, people who were so happy to have finished. Uh, the councilman of my work was, did it, she was psyched up, and every, she'd come in a couple of times a week, she's part time, she'd just be in my office, and she'd be talking about it, psyching herself up, and it was fantastic. Anyway, the point is, whatever else you do, and this for me was a big deal. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a great sense of, sense of uh, nerves and anticipation, and it's great when you do it, but it's also something that I think I would like, and it was good I did it, and I was happy with it, and my news resolution ticked off, but this season, I thought, why not try to do as many events as possible, and then cut that pressure, you know, if you're sick for one of them, if you have a bad race, if you hit yourself and you can't even do it, Whatever happens, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to make you upset or um, down yourself. Which, I mean, really, you shouldn't be anyway. But it's easy to say that difficult to do it. To be all that zen about it. Not to worry about it too much. Um, it is going to disappoint you. But having a whole bunch on doesn't really matter, you know. You might have races that are more or less important to you. And the other thing about racing I found was that the few I did, I looked like sprint distance ones and a few small ones in a year and a few ocean sprints. That anticipation, that sense of nerves before you start off, it's great. Um, the people you meet beforehand and afterwards and the feeling you get is, you know, I did a lot of training but just having a couple of races, I really, really liked it. I want to have that experience more often and I want to be able to race and not feel like I have to do my A game every time, that I have to beat my last time, that I have to have the perfect performance. I want to be able to go and do a race just for the joy of doing a race. And look, that's the goal for me right now. So so this season I thought, look, I'm going to book into as many as I can. I did. And not just triathlons, I did the um, 210k around the bank of the day ride last Sunday. The hardest thing I've ever done, but uh, well, I guess we'll talk about that another time if we do. Um, tomorrow I got this Olympic distance triathlon, first one of the season, get that on my belt. Next weekend, this is the Gong 90k bike ride. Weekend after that, I think I'm off, and then the weekend after that, there's the Nepean triathlon, Newcastle Olympic triathlon, weekend after that, and so on, a few other little things, bits and bobs until. Canberra half Ironman, which I'm doing again this year. That's a big deal for me. <laughs> this is the big goal for the second half of the year, my first half Ironman, which is kind of freaking me out. I feel like I've been talking for a while and taking a breath and just having a sip of water. I've got to keep the windows closed because I don't have any air conditioning. Going down the highway at 110, it'll just be like a wind tunnel with the windows open. I get a little greenhouse sitting here right now. Anyway. So, the point is, do a lot of races. Do this one just to enjoy it tomorrow. Just do the first race of the season and have a good time. The other reason I want to do it is to check out the course, because as I just mentioned, I'm doing this um, half Ironman in Canberra later in the year, which I will talk about later as to why I picked that particular one. But it's something that I've never really swum in a lake before. Living when I do, all my swimming tends to be in swimming pools or in the ocean have challenges of their own, but I don't know, I've 
the lake could be completely different. So I'm going to check that out. And there's also the impact of the run, the, the, you know, the ride course, the run course. It looks pretty much like a similar course. I don't know if it is or not, but I want to check it out. So that's the second part of it. The third part of it is, I may be a masochist in this, but I figure that you get to the end part of a half Ironman. Longer, longest thing I've ever, I will, will have ever done at that stage. And there's going to be pain. There's going to be a lot of pain. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to do a self-fulfilling prophecy. If there's no pain, I'm going to be as happy as a clam. But I have a feeling that it could be quite painful and difficult. So look, why not try this, I thought. Normally, you have a, a race, you taper for the thing, you peak for it, you plan it into your training. I'm going to do this one tomorrow morning with, I've done no speed work, so I'm not going to do a good time anyway, I'm not worried about that. I'm starting the speed work next week. Um, I've, so I'm not peaking for this thing. I did this freaking 210k bike ride last week in 36 degree heat, which nearly killed me. I've been working out all week. I went and did a pretty uh, tough rig session in Centennial Park this morning, where I pushed myself pretty hard, tried to go race pace for nigh on an hour and a half. And, and then, you know, rode there and rode back, so probably rode 55, 60-odd k's this morning. Uh, ran probably another 6 k's. Um, my legs are going to be screwed tomorrow. So I figure, look, I'm going to be pre-fatigued doing this race which will hopefully to some extent mimic what it's going to be like at the end stages of the half Ironman. Who knows? I don't know. And as I said, I don't know if it's masochistic to be inflicting pain on myself like that to start a race already tired, but what the hell? It's going to be an interesting experiment. And I've got to say, one thing I have learned being completely new to triathlon and completely new to endurance sports as a whole is that I really am enjoying the things I'm learning about my body and about the way I feel. Doing longer distances, you know, even when I'm slumping or feeling good or having ups and downs and working through them. It's all amazing feedback and it's just made me develop this connection with my body that I've never had before. Uh, even just the consciousness of nutrition, of really feeling what goes into my body and how it makes me feel. It's the oldest, worst cliche in the world, you are what you eat, but for the first time in my life, in the last year, having done more endurance sports, more triathlon, I've really actually felt that as a truth instead of just a throwaway line in that you go out for a hard session or a race and what you've drunk the night before and what you've eaten, really, you feel it, man. If you've been eating a curry, binging on chocolate and had a few beers, you are feeling that the next day. And that sort of connectedness to your body is something that I've really, really appreciated as part of this and I'm sure a lot of other people have that same experience too. Now... What was I crapping on about? Oh, right, the one reasons for doing this race tomorrow. And the other reason is, look, i got a, a mate living in Canberra who I want to go and hang out with, and I've got a few other friends who are doing this 24-hour mountain bike race at Mount Majura. I don't know what the name of the race is. It's apparently a full moon tonight. 
which would be pretty cool. And they're doing this 24-hour... I don't know, you can probably do it solo, but these guys are doing it as a team of six or eight, and they do a few laps each, and they just, you know, ride for an hour, hour and a half. Next guy gets up and rides, and they're all camping out. I've never seen anything like this before. My mate Marty and, um, and Brendan, um, mountain bikers, we've been doing this for a while, I've done a lot of these different kinds of races, and Marty's always trying to get me into doing something like this. It's that road bike, it's mountain bike racing, it's awesome. So I finally, I'm not doing the race, but I thought I'll come down, I'll check it out, I'll see what it's all about, it's going to be pretty fun. So look, this is going to be new to me, so I'm going to bring this little recording thing along and maybe interview a couple of guys and just find out what it's like tonight, so I'm kind of stoked to be doing that. So I'm going to go and check that out, hang out with my mate Dave, he's got a friend doing the mountain bike ride as well, so we'll both go and have a look at that and then have dinner with Dave and crash out and do this race in the morning. What else did I want to say? That I will very safely do while driving. Oh, the other thing I would say is, yeah, it's about 50 days now, I think, before the half Ironman in Canberra. As I said before, did like, the Cronella half Ironman, the Cronella Olympic Distance Triathlon in March this year, along with Dan. It was my first, Dan's second, he'd done the Noosa last year, um, shortly after I met Dan. And, um, you know, we were just so happy to have done it after the race. So happy, and I was just stoked. I'd set this goal. I'd done it, I'd trained for it, um, I was over the moon, and of course, as I'm sure a lot of you have experienced, which is a new experience for me, but I did this race and I thought, what's next? That's done, ticked off, can I go longer, can I go further? And uh, I was thinking, oh look, I'll maybe do, go the off season, maybe do a couple of other Olympic races next season, and see about 2008, I'll do a half Ironman, and Dan says to me, you know what, I'm doing a half Ironman this year. And I can't be outdone, so I said, all right, well, let's do it. Let's uh, pick one. So we looked into it, and um, we had the Gold Coast half Ironman and the Port Macquarie half Ironman. Gold Coast, I think, is end of September, and Port Macquarie is early November. So about six weeks in between. So which one do we do? Which would be better to do for a first half Ironman? And we asked around, but we didn't really know a lot of people who do that kind of thing. We're both in a triathlon club, but... Um, you know, the people are great, but they often don't have, I mean, if you're doing it for a while, maybe don't have a lot of time for people who have just started off. They have their own friends in the club, they all know, they've known each other for a while. You know, I'm a friendly guy, I chat with everyone, but it can be kind of hard to break into those kinds of things. And also, people often don't remember what it's like to be back in that stage, as I think I mentioned earlier this morning in our intro. So, it's hard to know where to get knowledge from on these things, which is one of the reasons we started this podcast. So where are they going? What do we do? Here's a toss-up. Gold Coast. Supposedly, it's, we look up stuff on Google and whatnot and try to and you hear, overhear bits and pieces. Gold Coast is apparently quite flat. Flat's good. If I'm going that distance over, I don't know, six or seven hours, I don't know how long it'll take me. I, you know, I prefer not to have to deal with hills as well, at least for the first one. So I thought flat's good. Port Macquarie is apparently infamous for its hills. I've never been there, I don't know, but this is what I hear. But Gold Coast is a lot earlier, and at that stage I'm thinking, I don't know if I have time to travel. That seems like a long distance. Like, even the bike ride, what is it, 90Ks, is probably equal to the longest bike ride I've ever done, which I've only done once in the city of the last year, and that took me a bloody day. 
um, with many rests. So it's, it's a long way, and I don't know, I don't feel confident training up enough by late September to be able to do it. So do we go the earlier one that's flatter and maybe be a little under-trained, or we do give ourselves an extra six weeks, get a proper training program in place, but have to contend with the hills. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go on to Cool Running Club, that internet um, website forum, which is excellent, by the way. Really interesting. It's cool. And I've been sort of doing a lot more running than other things lately, so I've been going with that quite a bit. And I, and I thought there's a lot of experience out there, so I'll put a question out into the ether and see what comes back. And so I said, look, me and my mate, I think you're doing a long course half Ironman triathlon ended this year. We're looking at Gold Coast and Port Macquarie. First one for us. These are the concerns. What do you guys think? Someone out there must have done it both, probably a number of times before. As a first timer, what would you recommend? And you know, I got a few responses back, which were fairly non-committal. Oh yeah, they're both good. Look, it doesn't really matter. Both good events. Oh, Gold Coast is good. Port Macquarie is good. And then I got this other uh, response. Sorry, just taking a drink. Um, this guy that comes on and says, look, Gold Coast is good, Pompacore is good, but I tell you what, why don't you do Canberra? Canberra Half Ironman. Awesome event. It's a little bit later in the year. It's on 16th of December. You get even more time to train for it. Plus, it's flat. Perfect. They throw it well organised. They throw a great party. It is... It's a prime event, and I highly recommend it. I thought, well, problem solved. Let's do that one. So, um, booked in. Yeah, this is great. Dan saw the, the, you know, the response, said, okay, that was good. Locked ourselves in. And we find out a little further down the track that the dude who had responded was the organiser of the bloody thing. I don't know, race director or something like that. <laughs> so of course he's like, oh yeah, best adventures, right? So anyway, no problem at all. And then, I go to buy this wetsuit um, second hand off some bloke I just met on the internet who was advertising the same size as me, I don't know. I just think too expensive, man. You don't even need one in the first season. I've got to say, this is a bit of a digression. But, you know, I, you sort of toss up when you're in a beginner traveling, what do you spend your money on? Bike, do I get aero bars? Aero bars are like two, three hundred bucks. Wetsuits, like, sky's the limit. God knows how much those things cost. There are a million things you can spend your money on, and a lot of money too. And I tell you what, it's going to be something that I think we will cover. Actually, we'll definitely cover it in a later episode. Um, some of the things that are worth spending money on, some of the things that maybe you should wait a bit, or other options when you should buy things, because that's a, that's a, a difficult concept when you're, you know, knowing what to spend your money on first, what's worth spending money on. Uh, Which is one of those things that I think, personally, I mean, there could be, there's probably a million people that disagree with me on everything I say, because I don't know a lot about this thing, but coming from a beginner's perspective, I didn't use one the first year, and living in Sydney, I didn't need one. The water, you know, all the events run in the summer, uh, the water's warm enough, all the ocean swims I didn't just in the speedo. Which I highly recommend, by the way, in the ocean swimming season in Sydney is fantastic. And if you are having an issue with uh, swimming, open water swimming, as a lot of people coming into triathlon are, um, 
something that will really boost your confidence because I did one I tried to do one every weekend last season and after having done like a dozen of them every kind of freezing boiling hot raining big surf no surf different beaches different boy configurations big field small field after a while swim holds no fear for you almost develop a mental callus to it um, which is good because the fear and the swim that holds a lot of apprehension for a lot of people anyway I'm digressing from my digressions here what I was talking about was wetsuit so you don't need wetsuit but it, it's something that um, I guess if you want to get a better time or if you're a poor swimmer you don't feel comfortable in the water probably worth spending money on so I'd already done a season that looked up this wetsuit got a second hand um, hundred bucks or something cheap and I went to the guy's place and his wife, he wasn't there so his wife gave me the, the suit and we got it chatting and laughing about what we were wearing. She had a bunch of uh, races and said to me, oh so what do you got planned? What's your, um, what kind of events you do this season? And I said, well look, I'm looking for myself up for this Canberra half line and she said, oh I hope you're training on the hills. And I said, ah, I'm training on the hills, it's fine. She said, what are you talking about? Crazy. I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, I did it last year, I did it the year before. I said, what? Well, well the reason I did it instead of Port Macquarie was no hills. She's like, it's worse than Port Macquarie. Well, I thought, thank you very much. That's great. So, anyway, that's why I started. I chose Canberra, but now I find out that I've got to contend with these crazy hills, and um, I've also found out one of my best friends is getting married on the 15th on the Saturday night in Sydney. So I'll be out at this wedding till midnight, jump in the car, drive down to Canberra, get about three hours sleep, and then go and do this race. But whatever, you know, that's what being that's what being a triathlete is about. That's why I'm obsessed with balance. You got to weigh these things up. You got to have a life. I'm not going to not go to my best friend's wedding because of the. Uh, I've been training all year for the half Ironman. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to not go to the half Ironman. So there'll be more to come. Keep tuned to this channel and we'll see actually how Mike dies in the arse at the end of his half Ironman because he was out drinking until the night. And then drove for three hours. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. I think I've finished whatever that thought was. Yeah, this is why I picked the Canberra. But you know what? Look, screw it. Hills, no hills. I'm a light guy. I'm a little bird when it comes to weight. I'm 60 kilos. So the hills are on the run and the bike are where it makes a difference for me. So hopefully that's going to be good. Hills are your friend. I'm looking at it in that way. Love the hills. Love the hills. It'll be the same for everyone. I'm in a better position than most. So we'll have a report and see how that goes. Look, finally, I don't want to be crapping on all day. I want to save some time for Dan to do some talking as well. And um, maybe do a bit of a race report. For, well, I'll definitely do a race report for Sri Chinoy. Try to interview with the Sri Chinoy person to see how they're feeling about the death of World Street and what all the philosophies are like. And um, some mountain bike action as well. But the last thing I just wanted to say was, I guess this is the first podcast, and you're probably all wondering, what is the background of this guy? You may be not only that, but you may be wondering, what is the background of this guy who's crapping onto me? So look, I'll give you the skinny as quickly as I can. 
I have, up until about a year ago, no triathlon experience whatsoever. No running experience, no riding experience, very little swimming experience. Um, I was never a sportsman, I've no athletic background. When I was a kid, I was uh, last year picked on the team. I was never overweight. I was just unfit, kind of uncoordinated. Um, I was kind of a nerd, man. You know, I used to like reading back when it wasn't fashionable. Now it's cool to be a nerd. Everyone's all Harry Potter this and whatever, I don't know. But at that time it wasn't cool. Um, and yeah, it was just, I didn't enjoy physical exertion very much. <laughs> Which sounds kind of weird now, the kind of stuff I put my body through. But that was fine. Um, you know, I played with touch footy, but that was about it. When it came to doing runs, well, hey, I never owned a bike. The first bike I owned, I was 28 years old. Um, I never had a bike as a kid. I didn't know how to ride up until a few years ago. So there was that. Then when it came to running, I hated running. Oh, I couldn't. I remember saying to someone a few years ago that I even the city to surf bike, and I said. Why would I do the City to Surf? City to Surf is all about the two things that I hate the most. Big crowds and running. And you got them together in one event. Thanks a lot. I would stay as far away as possible. Anyway, I hated running. Every now and then in PE, you know, you get your... Um, you have a volleyball or your soccer, your hockey, your touch footy. PE teachers are kind of cool. Like, you have a different thing every week. You go swimming. Um... And once every few months, probably like twice a year, I don't know, we had to do a bit of a long distance run, which had, I don't know, what, three kilometres maybe? At the time, it felt like forever. It was a nightmare. I was up the back with um, a couple of fat kids just shuffling along and really doing it tough and hating it every second of it. Just couldn't stand it. And, uh... You know, to the point where I got my mum to write me this note, and uh, <laughs> Mike is ill or injured or something, won't be able to go to PE today. Um, please excuse him from the class teacher, signed my mum. That was a real note. I was going to winch to mum and she wrote me this note, and undated, I kept it in the bottom of my bag. And we'd go, oh yeah, touch footy, great. Oh yeah, volleyball, yes. Oh, we're doing the, the run today? Oh, look, I can't do it. I'm sick. Here's the note. Write the date on the top, give it to the teacher. And so I never even did the run for the last few years of high school. How lazy is that? Distracted driving over the rumble strip. Just trying not to have an accident here. Anyway, so, yeah, that's me and my lazy high school ways. And even, I tried jogging a few times as an adult. Um, I, you know, every now and then I just go to these things where I think I should run. It'd be kind of cool to be a runner. I'll try jogging around the block. I'm going to get there. And I'd get half around the block. And I had this problem where I could maybe this is a male multitasking thing, but I couldn't run and think at the same time. And I had to click a blank and focus on running. And I'd be running. And as soon as I'd start thinking about something, I'd look down and I'd be walking again. So I said to myself, I don't run. It's not something I do. Period. I don't ride either. I hadn't really swam since um, I used to squat at a very low level um, when I was a kid. You know, you had like the 
the flounders, the kids who need to swim, with the kick boards and the uh, floaties strapped to them. And then you had the gropers, and they were in the middle, they could sort of sort of make it from one end to the other and whatnot. And then you had the sharks, the kids that could actually swim and knew how to do laps, all that kind of stuff. I was the gropers, I was like the road kids, so that's me too. So I'm 28 years old and I'm living in Vancouver and we don't have a car and um, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a bike, try owning a bike. So I went down to the, the second hand shop and I bought this bike for like 80 bucks and it was cool, I loved it. I rode it, Vancouver, i got to say, is an awesome city for biking, Sydney sucks for biking, Vancouver's amazing, it's virtually flat, it's got the mountains around it, but the city itself um, it's virtually flat, it's a complete grid, and every tenth road on the grid is a de- dedicated bike road, which has every second block um, blocked off with concrete barriers, with a small, slim access way for bikes to go straight through. So bike, you just, you know, you ride a couple of blocks in any direction, and you hit a bike road, and you just shoot on down that road anywhere you want to go. It has a little, um, uh, traffic lights have a... a button on it, which is set on the side of the road, so you can hit it from your bike on the road. Anyway, I've got this bike up, booted around town, and I loved it. And I thought, my God, I've never had a bike before. This is the best. Um, and I was about to, I was on the way to, to move back to Sydney, just a couple of months out, and I was running for the bus one day. The only running, I guess, I did. I was running to like the bus for work, and uh, the bus came a block away, and I ran for the bus. And I got on the bus, and I was breathing so hard that I couldn't ask the driver for a ticket. And I thought, this is sad, man. I'm so unfit and out of shape, I can't even run a block without, I can't even speak. And so I started biking a bit more. So I got home, went back to Sydney, and thought I had to get my ass in shape. And my wife didn't know, girlfriend at the time, she ended up going to Korea teaching English, so she wasn't with me. So I was with myself. Had a bit of time on my hands and foot. Get my get in shape. I moved into a place four kilometers from door to door from work. CBD. And I decided to start walking to work. And I was, you know, I'd be running late, so I'd run a little bit. And then after a while, I thought, well, I'll try running a bit walking, a bit running a bit walking. And after a few months, I was running all the way to work. And then I bought myself another bike. And um, I left my other one in Canada. It was a piece of crap. And I bought myself a, a mountain bike, and I sort of was, would use it to boot. And it was my commuter. I'd boot around the city on it. And, um, you know, driving in uh, riding, driving in Sydney's terrible, and um, parking's even worse. And it was, it was great. I, I rode all over the city, and I loved it. And then I, there's a really nice pool right near where I live, so I started swimming again. And I was having a great time. Feeling really good about myself. And then someone at work said, look, so you're entering into this VRW triathlon, corporate, you know, really small distance triathlon. Do you want to be the team? And I said, yeah, that's awesome. I'll do that. So, did. And then I actually started, instead of just like biking and running to get into work, biking just to get around, and swimming just for something to do every now and then, I started doing all three a bit more seriously and uh, in training for this. And that was it. And I fell in love with it. I did the race, I had a great time, and I was hooked. Next thing you know, I joined the triathlon club, and the rest is history. So I'm very new to all of this. I don't know anything about 
same boat and maybe on one season ahead and I've learned a few things. I have been reading voraciously about it and trying to learn as much as I can. Maybe I can help you out with that. Anyway, I think I'm pretty much just crapping on. I don't have much more to say at this point, so I'm going to sign off and we'll reconvene later in the mountain break. Adios. Majura. What is this thing called? It's the Mont 24 Hour. The Mont 24 Hour mountain bike race. And it's about, I don't know, what is it, quarter to seven or something? Yeah, yep. sure it is. Just getting dark, and I'm with Marty and Janelle, and they're just about to go out for Janelle's second lap, is it? That's right. Yeah. And so, look, guys, what's a, what I want to know is what's the deal with this? Do you actually have to go a certain amount of laps, or is it as many laps as you can do in... It's as many laps as you can do in 24 hours, and it's a team event. So in this um, in this 24-hour race, there are two different types of teams, uh-huh. or actually three. Um, you can do a team of four, a team of six, and a team of mixed. So, okay. so, so you can do teams of four girls, four guys, mixed, teams of six, girls, guys, mixed. Right, okay. Yeah. And you guys have got a team of six girls and a team of six guys, is that right? That's yeah. right. Okay. So, with, so you actually have to keep going until midday tomorrow. One o'clock, actually, because it's daylight saving. But yeah, so... <laughs> and the most, number, about that. most number of laps within the 24 hours wins. Yeah. And the, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. And the top guys will be punching out a huge number of laps, which... Is, they're averaging they're about amazing. 28 minutes a lap. And, yeah, but yeah. when you were saying it's 10.8 k's? 10.8 k. Yeah. Our, our top guy has done um, 32 minute lap. Right. So how many laps would you have to do? I'm not very good at maths. <laughs> um, how many laps guys, are you estimating that you're going to have to do? The guys will be doing about eight each. Yeah. So it's about... Uh, oh, actually, are they going to be doing eight, are they? Seven to eight, yeah. yeah. No, no, our team will do seven to eight. Oh, okay, yeah. Depending on which way they are in the order. Because if you're at the beginning of the um, the order, like, you know... You oh, you, get the, you rider, might get an extra one. You might get an extra lap at the end. Who so. was the first? Um... Uh, Brenton. You're like, I don't care, but it wasn't me. <laughs> Brenton, but he's leaving, actually. He's oh, going home right. now, so there'll only be a team of five from now on. So. That's when it gets gruelling. Uh, yeah. So do you sleep at all? Not really. It's kind of a fake sleep. You know, yeah, lie there. And you're feeling tense. You, you, so you just lie there with your eyes closed for a bit <laughs> and you get up again. You do, and you get a bit cold because Canberra's cold. Um, no matter what you do, no matter how many clothes you put on, at about midnight, one o'clock, it'll get a bit cold. cold. <laughs> yeah, because someone told me it snowed last year, but like we're here in t-shirt and shorts and socks. <laughs> yeah, it's nice now, but just wait till midnight. Uh, right. <laughs> nice clear night, it'll definitely get down. Wow. And um, do, do, what's it like at the end? You, you, you must be totally sleep deprived. Oh, just... uh, you're kind of euphoric, really. Yeah, euphoric. And you, well, you're eating sport. so much sugar and... Um, okay. Stuff like that. Yeah, to keep yourself awake, then it's pretty, you're pretty much on the sugar high. And yeah, body knows it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, do, when you just drive home afterwards, isn't that kind of dangerous? <laughs> Stop, revive, survive. Oh, I'm just trying yeah. to think about that. Yeah, we're logistics. driving the two of us, so we'll be taking turns. Yeah, and lots of coffee. Going slow. Just keeping each other awake. Yeah, that's it. Now. Oh. All right. I'm going to sign off. <laughs> So I'm just driving out of Mount Majura Vineyards through billowing clouds of dust. I would have liked to bring him, brought you more audio from the uh, mountain bike race, but Jeanette had to uh, tag team. Her partner was already had just finished her lap, so she had to get out there and we had to get her kitted up, and then she had a flat tire and had to come back in for a quick change. But um, it was really cool. Um, 
it's like all my favourite things, camping, bikes, hanging out with a big group of mates, they were all sitting there with really cool gear, these high pressure uh, pump up, hand pump things to wash your bike down and all the spares and these $600 lights that you stick to your helmet and stick on your bike and uh, waited, I, w- I waited around till just after dark and sort of went up through the trees, took a few photos and watched the lights coming through the forest. It was like something, I don't know, it was like something out of a horror movie or... It was kind of freaky, but it was really, really interesting and I think it could be something that I have to get into one of these days. Anyway, you should check it out. If there's a, a 24-hour mountain bike event, there's, there was one in Canberra two weeks ago. There's another one in Sydney apparently in a few weeks' time. Uh, it looks like it's something that's worth checking out. All right, adios. Hi, everyone. It's Dan here. It's about 10 past 8 in the morning. I've just had a swim, and I'm sitting looking out over a lovely oval out here in the hills district. You might be able to hear the cicadas. At least I think the cicadas up in the trees and a few people people mowing the lawn and uh, a few folks heading off to work in their cars which I'm about to do uh, once I've just recorded a little bit of audio for you on my uh, last few days as a uh, as a beginner triathlete the uh, well it's been an interesting one the the day that we Mike and I recorded the intro to the show uh, after the brick session <coughs> Well, I headed home, and uh, I was—it's uh, a new thing actually this year to cycle to and from Brick. Last year, just doing Brick was enough. I've added uh, the uh, added the, the the ride each way now, which is uh, which is great. But uh, this time, I was heading across a some set, a set of traffic lights, and a guy uh, turning heading the other way, turning right, drove straight into me, and uh, didn't quite manage to stop in time. I didn't manage to stop either, so. Uh, hit him an absolute corker. Uh, he was pretty much stationary by that time, fortunately, but uh, it absolutely wrecked my front wheel. The bike's been fixed now and it was only the front wheel, fortunately, but uh, it was a real wake-up call for me because I was not really concentrating as much as I should have done. Um, I was not, yeah, I, I can't remember whether the light was green or amber, certainly it wasn't red, but uh, even if I wasn't in the wrong, I was definitely in the stupid because um, we all know that we're supposed to be... Uh, really paying attention when we're riding so I uh, should have been looking out for that so uh, anyway all fine just a couple of grazed knees but uh, obviously wearing a helmet is uh, is essential and the other reminder for me this time was we got to ride for uh, ride for ourselves and drive for everyone else so I'll be I'll be doing a lot more of that in future anyway I, I, I survived perfectly well from that and uh, um, and the bike's back so life is good um, but the weekend went on in a bit of a weird way because I planned a, a nice long slow run the following morning um, on the Sunday to about 20-22k. I wanted to go beyond the half marathon uh, distance and uh, went over to join um, uh, Andrew, who's uh, a character you'll get to know through this podcast, I think. Um, s- super fit squash player, he's c- converted to triathlon in about six months, which uh, which is great, and he's uh, he's really fast and, and very strong. Um, anyway, we're going to go and do this long, slow run um, on the Sunday morning. And by the way, as you get into triathlon, if you are beginning this thing, uh, these long, slow runs are just fantastic because they are pain-free. Same with the bike rides, going going long and slow. I think someone uh, once said going slow to go 
fast, going slower to go faster. Anyway, um, these are, are just fantastic runs because they, they should really be pain-free. But unfortunately, this one wasn't because I got about 12k in and uh, and got cramped in my... Um, in my calf, which I've had once before, I actually got it on the City to Surf uh, just over a year ago. So that was a real bummer. So I had to call off the uh, call off the run. But um, I thought I would take this opportunity just to look at cramp, see what the causes are, and uh, talk to you a little bit about it on the podcast just for a couple of minutes. So I went first of all, uh, being I'm um, 41, um, and uh, one of the things I've read is if you get an injury, get to a physio sharpish. So I did actually. Uh, not do the male thing, which is to just ignore the thing and hope it'll go away. But I did actually get to my uh, physio on the uh, the following day, which was great. And Nick is just an excellent physio. You will probably, as a triathlete, uh, get to know your physiotherapist fairly well. And Nick's a, a great guy. He uh, He's a cyclist himself. And one of the things I really like about physiotherapists generally is that they will try to get you back on the road. I was once advised... I was once advised by a doctor to solve my sports injury problems by not exercising, which didn't seem appropriate, particularly as I was pretty a bit overweight at the time. So um, anyway, the physios always seem to want to get you back on track, and, and uh, Nick is great for this. So he gave me a toe-curling and tear-jerking massage, first of all, uh, confirmed that it was, um, it was cramp and not a tear, which I was relieved about. Uh, he then gave me ultrasound and also acupuncture uh, in the uh, in the affected area, which is just excellent. He's done that with me before, and uh, it's it's been brilliant. I can really tell that that makes a difference to the treatment. So um, that was that was excellent. And I started and I asked him. I didn't have the uh, uh, the recorder, so I couldn't interview him for you to hear him. I'll probably do that another time. But I asked him about uh, about the causes of cramp, and he, he really was talking about uh, two main areas. One of them is dehydration, um, and this is obviously for people doing triathlons in Australia, particularly in this season, a continuing, uh, an easy problem to get into. I think I may have been a bit dehydrated, um, but certainly he also talked about the fact that it really is to do with a... Um, what they call an electrolyte disturbance that is not enough salts um, and interestingly I just read, read a bit more about this because he was saying that it was, it was about potassium and sure enough th- there are two main uh, salt areas you need to maintain to avoid, uh, to avoid getting cramped this is particularly important in our hot climate obviously where we all sweat a lot um, and they are, they are potassium and calcium and he talked particularly about uh, the potassium um, side of this and making sure that that is maintained. Now, the thing that I've learned through this is that that is not um, that is obviously not available in table salt. So even if you are upping your salt content of your food to make up for all the sweating, the potassium is not in there. So um, sports drinks are the, w- are the way to go there potentially, or to eat loads of the foods which are high in potassium. And I thought I have no idea what's high in potassium. So I looked it up on Wikipedia. And here we are, bananas, potatoes, and prunes. Now, obviously, if you have a diet of bananas, potatoes, and prunes, you're probably going to get some bigger problems than cramp. But uh, it's worth looking at uh, at trying to keep those three elements up in in your diet, in our diet, as we're doing doing triathlon in uh, in this beautiful hot country. So that is a little bit on cramp, and I'll certainly be making sure that is the case. in future, I'm going to keep the uh, keep my potassium up. So, uh, 
Yeah, and I'm hoping it'll go away. I'm off running for a few days, so I've been doing the swim. Uh, I was out on a bike last night. I'll, I'll, I'll just keep biking. And I actually did some weights as well uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday evening in front of the TV. And uh, more of that and on as we get into talking about balance, which is something we'll be doing in the next show. So uh, I'm actually going to sign off now. And uh, this will be the end of our first podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, next week we will be talking, uh, you'll hear Mike doing his wrap-up on the Sri Chinmoy triathlon that he did. Uh, you'll hear a little bit about the four guys uh, going down to do Sydney to the Gong. Um, and because uh, we'll meet up on Monday and, and record a little bit of uh, a bit of post-event uh, fun there, and we'll start to talk a little bit more about the whole subject of balance. And uh, you, you've already seen one of the clues is to either not watch much TV or to do things in front of the TV. So uh, we'll talk about some uh, some of the ways to to achieve a bit of balance and how to be obsessed with it, which is obviously the aim of this podcast. So we hope you've enjoyed the first one. Uh, we'll try to keep up a sort of one or two weeks there'll be one coming out and uh, and once it is a little bit better and we're not saying um so much you'll be able to find it on iTunes we hope right well uh, that is it for this show join us next time for Obsessed with Balance out <laughs>